0: Hi, Andy Richter here. Uh, The Three Questions with Andy Richter, that's what you're listening to. And uh, I am talking to an old friend of mine. Um, He is, you know, a bon vivant, a culture vulture, a a commentarian with golden pipes. Um, (laughs) And uh, currently, I mean, currently you're doing like six or seven different things, it seems like. but a very busy man, Dave Holmes. Hi. Hi. How are you? I'm good. I'm good.
1: He even. You sound like me in a general trying to tell the person I'm meeting with what I I do.
0: It's well, I mean, but it is, it's kind of, and, and that's kind of one of the things I want to talk to you is that you do have kind of that unique career. That's kind of writer, kind of actor, kind of, you know, opinion giver about pop culture things and about, you know, in, in both sort of, you know, from the sublime to the ridiculous, you know, I mean, how do you, how, how do you describe yourself? What do you say
1: that when somebody says, what do you do for a living? What do you say? That's the thing is that it's like, it's really hard to say. I mean, right now I say writer. Yeah. Um, for, for the last many years I've said writer. Right. Um, but because that's kind of the closest thing to it. Um, because you're yeah, uh, I,
0: you're a, 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 an editor at large,
1: meaning I am
0: at at Esquire magazine. So yeah, which yeah. means you you can work for Esquire and you don't have to live
1: in New York. Is that what the that's, at large means? That's exactly right. Yeah, that means yeah. I don't have to sit in meetings if I don't yeah, want to. Yeah, But I do want to because yeah. because the I, the people I work with are great and and smart and they you know keep me clued in. So like I like it. I I've. It, it, lockdown has been fantastic because now everything takes place on zoom and where I used to be the one disembodied voice on a speakerphone, not knowing who was speaking, not knowing when it was my time to like pipe in now it's awkward for everybody. And, and so it's like, it's, it's been kind of nice. I feel more integrated into the team yeah, because it's weird for us all, but yeah, Yeah, I mean, I guess, I guess writer, but, yeah. but also like host and actor and and you know what I don't know. I, yeah, yeah. I I really don't know. And the thing of like host is not really a thing anymore. You yeah, know, I'm yeah. Sorry that my dog is going crazy. Oh, that's okay. Um, um. It, it's you know there was a thing as like a game show host at at a time in our nation's yeah. history, and now it's you know now it's. People who are like, ah, I'll do this for a couple months. Yes, yes. In between seasons of my show. Or right, whatever.
0: or, yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's, it, I mean, as someone who, uh, like I a number, and this wasn't even like one of my agents or managers told me this. This was somebody I was having a meeting with. And this was, I mean, this might have been 10 years ago. And they said, well, you know, when there's a, when a new game show is coming up, he said, you're on the short list of people in town that can go host a game show, which nice. I was just like, what? <laughs> I, yeah. I Like, I was like, I felt giddy because I was like, I never set out to do that. But wow, is that fun? Like, you oh, know, God, yeah. the notion of being a game show host is like, I don't know. It's like being a beauty queen or something. It's just, yes. it's so silly and, and fun and, uh, you know. And you just think, like, how does anyone try to do that?
1: And that's what we're going to talk to you about today, you know? Okay. It's it's weird. And, and like, I, you know, I have hosted a game show or two in my day. Yep. Um, and, you know, it's certainly, it's fun to do. Yeah. But, you know, you look at, like, an Alex Trebek. And, like, that is such a unique set of skills that that right. man had. Right, right. And it doesn't seem like they're looking to, well, it's a mess now. But, like, it doesn't look like they're looking for somebody who has similar skill set to do the thing and then let the show be the star of the show. Yes. They're trying to make it Anderson Cooper or Blossom or, yeah. you know, whatever.
0: Yeah. Somebody who's I, yeah, already famous. It's very- Or the yeah.
1: executive producer who gave himself right, the right. job.
0: Yeah, we, and this is, we're recording this on the morning that it was announced that Mike Richards is no longer the executive producer on that show, yeah. which, uh, I mean, uh, my feeling was just- that who would want to take the job and have the guy that was shamed out of the job, be your
1: boss, be your boss. Like
0: how, how untenable was that? And I think that the people at Sony were aware of like how bad that looked because, (laughs) <laughs> In this statement, they said, we were hoping Mike could quit, but it
1: didn't yes. seem like that was going to happen. You no, know? no, <laughs> no, <laughs> yeah, he's not yeah. the type. Yeah. It's that, that whole thing is so strange. Like it's, you know, if I know, I don't know, I don't know him well, but we, yeah. I think we had the same manager for a while and we've met a handful of times. And, and it just seems like if you have that level, like if if you're going into that job with... In the back of your mind, saying to yourself, the second Alex Trebek dies, I'm going to take over that yeah. job by hook yeah. or by crook. Like, then mind your P's and Q's on a podcast. Yes. You know what I mean? Yes, Like, yes. if you're going to be that consumed with ambition, go all the way. Yes. And don't make anti-Semitic <laughs> remarks on a podcast. <laughs> uh-huh. seems, seems elementary to me, but whatever. It does. What do it I does.
0: Do? And I mean, and I think, because I have people, I mean, I have people- I have people on almost a daily basis, whether in my personal, you know, in my day to day face to face life with people or online somewhere say, hey, are you up for the job of hosting Jeopardy? Why didn't you get a shot at hosting Jeopardy? Because I have a Jeopardy connection and that I've been on Celebrity Jeopardy twice. And, you know, and, uh, you know, I just am kind of in Jeopardy circles because there is like this. Jeopardy is its own little biosphere, you know. Yeah. And I, I've, I've become friends with Ken Jennings, and you know, and I, you know, and I, you know, kind of knew Alex Trebek a little bit. So, wow, uh, people were a- asking me that, and I'm, I mean, I would love to host Jeopardy. Talk about the sweetest, just that, you know, I mean, the most tenured professor of show business, you know? Yeah, yeah. But I just am like, I have said way too many dirty things on Twitter. For them sure. to be able, especially now, for them to hire me. Like, they need to get, like, basically someone that just woke up out of a 40-year coma to Absolutely. host that show. Yes, yes. Because yeah. they need
1: somebody that is
0: spotless with no online a, history at yeah. all, you know. An
1: android fresh out of, you know, like, yeah. they've turned the last screw. He's out of the lab. Yes. Directly to the stage. Yes, yes. Yeah, it's not, they can't win. Well, I also I also just think like, uh,
0: you know, they need to I I just really feel Uh, the other thing that I feel about when they say when people say you should be the host of Jeopardy, I think I I actually probably shouldn't because that job should probably go to a woman or a person of color of some kind of color, just not another white guy. I mean, just it's the time the only person I really do feel could be grandfathered in as a white person is Ken Jennings because he just right. is indelibly he's synonymous. Yeah. With it. Marked by Jeopardy. It's right. what gave him his career. And he's, you know, undisputedly the best at it ever. And I right. thought he did a great job hosting other people. Were, I just thought he did fantastic. So. Yeah. You know, I, thought
1: so too. I, I thought so too. It's um, a hard act to follow, obviously, yeah. but it's also like how much of your own personality can you really put in that you know, oh, like the, the show is the show. Yes. So it's just you go in and you do your thing, and you know you there, give a little it, bit of dignity. And you just out. read. You're reading. You're, you yeah. have to. That's the job. Is that you have to be able to
0: read uh, for a solid half hour in mm-hmm. a you know in a way that that maintains the interest in little thirty second chunks. Mm-hmm. And that's not you know that's I mean it's not the hardest thing in the world, but it's not easy. No. You know, it's it's it. You can sound really stilted and really terrible at doing it. You know.
1: And they probably do a bajillion in a day. They probably do
0: like three to five in a day. Absolutely. That was, yeah. that was, uh, you know, when I used to, when I've been there I had to ask Alex Trebek, like, what's, what's your life like? And he's like, he actually, like, he would put on his own roof on his house. Uh, you know, like he, he, he could do that. Like he was like, he's just <gasps> like, I Trebek. work on my house constantly. He yeah. said, because, because really he worked like maybe two months a year. And yeah. he said, and he's like, I work a lot of my house and a lot of wine, a lot of wine. Wow. That's what he told me. So. Bless him. Yeah, bless him. And also bless him, too. He's done some am- amazing things that I've heard. I don't have, like, complete verification on this. But I've heard that, like, he has put millions of dollars into L.A., into housing houseless people. Really? Uh, yeah. Like renting out a motel entirely for, for as long as it takes and housing on house people. Like that's wow. something that he's done. I never knew. And that. that, yeah. Well, because he didn't tout it, you know, it's yeah. just something that he did. And it's something that as I think is, as his, he ended the near the end of his life, he's like, look, just take this money and give people a place to give them a roof over their heads, you know, God. among other things. So he was really, Saint. you know, he's a really wonderful guy. Yeah. yeah. You know, yeah. Canadian, but what Unreal. can you do? You, you, what can you do? Can, Nobody's yeah, perfect. Yeah. Right. Nobody's exactly. Perfect. Now you're Midwestern. Speaking of Canada, you know, Canada is the Midwest of, of North America.
3: And, I think that's uh, true.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And, um, and you're from Missouri,
1: right? I grew up in St. Louis. Yeah. In St.
0: Louis. Yeah. 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 And, and we had,
1: you know, it's weird. And I think Chicago is kind of part of this too, um, We, back when, like, regional hits were a thing, Mm. you know, a song would be popular in Boston, but not in, you know, Baton Rouge or whatever. Uh, There were certain Canadian things that somehow made it down to, like, Chicago and St. Louis. Absolutely. Like, a lot of of terrible songs got played on the radio Mm -hmm. that were, like, big in Canada and St. Louis.
0: Yeah, and there was—I can't think of it, but you're definitely right— and i had family in michigan and michigan actually would get canadian tv so they were like oh wow aware of you Oxodic. know there was there was like a, a long time like really boring soap opera called like the beach i think that went on yeah. forever and the people <laughs> in michigan knew about it it's kind of you know it's like guiding light for canada but you know uh-huh. Uh-huh. of course it's you know it takes place out in a woodsy area. <laughs> you know, it had to be sort of rugged. Yeah.
1: Oh, I need to research the
0: beachcombers. Yeah. Binge <laughs> now. But yeah, you're right. Regional stuff. Like I remember, you know, when I was a kid, Bob Seeger would sell out stadiums oh, yeah. in the Midwest, but, it, you know, he'd play clubs in New York and LA. Sure. And, yeah. and I felt like that first time I ever went to a sporting event in New York City and they played a Billy Joel song and the entire place erupted into spontaneous applause made me realize billy joel's regionality because yeah. you know nobody billy joel was billy joel in chicago but nobody really you know whatever billy joel yeah. but i then you go to
1: the east coast and it's like the man oh, for, get it. forget it had been it. handed down from god for us yeah we, i just interviewed uh sammy hagar uh-huh. and he was like oh you're from st louis you love me And it's like, oh, okay, Okay, sure. It's a leap. But yeah, you know, but yeah, there's like the classic rock radio format is very big in St. Louis. And and, and I guess that is one of the strongholds of like his popularity, is St. Louis, Missouri. Oh, wow. Wow. But yeah. I guess, yeah, you get to know that. You get to know, like,
0: well, when I play Oklahoma City, not that many people show up. But in St. Louis, oh, forget it. They go crazy. Yeah. Yeah. The Red Rocker. Yeah. So what was your household
1: like? Um, In St.
0: Louis, like, uh, your folks and siblings yep. and, uh,
1: uh, mother and father married 67 years. Wow. Um, yeah. Uh, happily uh, though? Very. Oh, like, all right. Crazy happily. Wow. Yeah. Like it's to amazing. the very end. It's just amazing. Yeah. yeah. Um, he would like, you know, my dad would pull out the chair for my mom and give her a little, give her shoulders a little squeeze and all that kind of thing. Like they were, they were very, yeah. very perfectly suited met, you know, as teenagers basically. And, um and we're together. My father passed in 2016 Um and my mom's still around. My, uh and I have two older brothers. I've uh, they're eight and 10 years older. So it was oh, kind wow. of family unit was off and running. And then eight years later, one of a caboose, uh, yeah, you know, a surprise, a little, little caboose. Yeah. yeah, yeah, And everyone's still in St. Louis. Everyone's within a couple of miles of one another. Do you make it uh, back very often? And and, just, and is that enjoyable? I just went back for the first time since everything since like 2019. I yeah, went back yeah. Last month. Yeah, and uh, it is good. It's it's good. It's um you know it's it's a, a weird thing to you know I grew up pretty Catholic, um all like you know Catholic schools all through really all through college. Yeah, and um. The people who stayed um, in St. Louis I, I have turned into people I don't like. A lot of my friends growing up, I now have a drink with and don't really yeah. recognize. Yes, you know, yes. It's there's a and not you don't mean physically. Thing. You mean you mean
0: ideologically.
1: I mean ideologically yeah. and, and just um, you know there there's like a uh, they've put on a persona like a costume. Yeah. In some cases, and it's like, and it's difficult to break through the person who I thought that I knew. Yeah. In the 80s and 90s. Yeah, yeah. Um, because, uh, you know, things have taken over. Um, so it, it's weird going home, um, but but it's good. I mean, it's good going home. It was good to yeah, see my yeah. It was good to hug my mother after a year and a half of. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I
0: I I did the same thing in, in June, I guess. I went back to Chicago for the first time. Since the COVID shutdown, mm-hmm. and uh, and I went back just recently for a funeral, and you're right, it is all these people that I feel like there's just you know there's just been this shift where you might have thought that all these kind of conservative air quotes regular old folks, meaning you know just mm-hmm. sort of rural suburban white people, you know that they were they were conservative, but they were good hearted. And the last few years has kind of like laid the bare that maybe a lot of them aren't that good hearted. And it's really weird. It really feels, you feel this hostility. I went, like I said, I went to my uncle's funeral in a funeral home. And this was just three, three, four weeks ago, maybe. Um, At least half the room not masked in it. Yeah, and, you know, inside and you know, lots of elderly people and lots of kids and just like no masks and just feeling like, uh, you know, I don't know. It just like yeah. like this that like that's just that's like not ideal. Well, it is ideological, but it's just kind of like it's become ideological. Yeah, it just feels like there's like there's some sort of like real badness,
1: like a yeah. real sort of you know, or hard hardness. Or, or that it's, um, they are so inundated with media that says that we are bad. Yes. You know, that like um, all of the, you know, the, all these things that don't, by the way, belong together necessarily at all, but like, you know, things like taking fucking COVID seriously or taking climate change seriously or, you know, believing that that queer people should have the same rights as straight people or whatever have all been like tied together in this kind of liberal, um, agenda. Mm -hmm. And, and so, and the, and, you know, people are pummeled all day long by like friendly voices telling them that people who believe those things hate them. Yeah. You know, so, so then they dig in and I don't know, it, it, it is, you know, I, it was same thing. Went to dinner with some friends, you know, and we had to do the, you know, and we all know it's fucking theater, but you had to do the thing of like, you know, putting on a mask when you walk through the door and then taking it off and you get to the table and all the yeah. kind of thing and whatever, it's all goofy. And in this moment there was about to like a mask mandate was, uh, about to be reinstated and, uh, and everyone's grumbling about it. And these are like my contemporaries, and I said, you know, nobody likes wearing a mask. I'm not wild about wearing a mask, but like, what do we lose by doing it for a few more weeks while this thing tapers off again? And uh, a, an old friend of mine looked at me in the face and said, Our liberty. And it was and it was like, my napkin's not in my lap yet, you know, my like my seat isn't fully at the table. And it's like I legitimately don't know where to go from there.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I
1: don't I don't know how where our conversation goes. Yeah.
0: No. Our freedoms, like seatbelts, yeah. like our, like yes. my freedom, you know, like where's seatbelts? like speed limits, dumb shit, right. you know? Or fucking pants.
1: Yeah. Like, or the I, polio okay, vaccine. I would, I would like to take my pants off in this restaurant. <laughs> I can't do yeah. that. Yeah, I can't do that. I don't. Yeah. I am not free to not have pants on in this restaurant. Yeah, and yeah. I think we can all agree that I shouldn't have the freedom, right, to not wear pants on a fire. And a restaurant. pantsless you wouldn't kill anybody, as, right. as, far, as far as I know. You wouldn't catch my pantslessness. <laughs> as far I, as I, I that know, that would be yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. It's wild. So my high school, um. What our our mascot was the rebels. We were the the priory rebels, right? And yeah. and like when I was in high school, like I, full, you know, full on like Confederate kind of iconography I mean, kind the, of stuff or uniforms, just close. The uniforms had, I believe, at one point had Confederate flags on them, but they but that was still like. I'm pretty sure it was up in the white room. I think, you know, in the gym, there was a mural yeah. of like our, a Confederate general and all that kind of thing, yeah. which we thought nothing. Of. I mean, I look right. back and I'm mortified that I didn't think anything of it, but I didn't think anything of it. So after all the uh, George Floyd, uh, you know, 2020 stuff, um, uh, the student council was like, we we can't, we're not the rebels anymore. We can't do this. We can't do this. I, I, I'm led to believe that it was like a student led initiative, but it could have been, it could have been the priests. I don't know. Yeah. Um, but I'm pretty sure it, it was the students who were like, we got to change our fucking name. You guys, this is crazy. Let's and when, not... when was this? This was 2020. This was last year. Wow. So, so it was a whole thing. And they, you know, like the, the student body weighed in and alumni weighed in on like what the new one would be. It was super controversial. Like a oh, yeah. lot of alumni, um, you know, whatever, like lost their minds. A big, like, a fundraising email went out to my class. It was a very small school. It was like 50 guys in my class. And an email went out to all of us about, you know, it's so the day of giving or whatever, and let's beat the class of 78 or whatever. And several people, several old friends were like, they don't get a dime until it changes back to the rebels. And and it's like, why, what the, why, why? Yeah. what do you yeah, yeah. win? What do you win from this? What do you win from this? And, you know, what what i don't i don't fucking and, and if you like the school if you actually like want the school to to survive why do you want to saddle it with this racist ass name yeah yeah as it moves forward in this what like its yeah. things are going to change and uh, and also
0: it's just the name of the mascot it's of our school the mascot yeah you, you know well, how much of your life is you know how much of your identity is really imprinted by you know, it's just
1: yeah it's very silly.
0: There was a, there was a a similar controversy online, you know, that I was reading about online and it made me go look up because there's a town actually not far. There's an Illinois town, not far from spring or from um, St. Louis called Pekin, Pekin, Illinois. Uh And up until like the freaking nineties, I think it was the same sort of, and you know, and had like a racist caricature as their mascot for years and yeah. years and years. Because I remembered it. Because I think we played him in football once. Right. You know, like in because they're far from us, but like in a in a tournament sometime. And I was at the time. I was like, how did how what? And I you know, and believe me, I was not woke. I, you know, I grew up in a small town with small town people, so I was not exposed to a lot of forward thinking. But I knew. Yeah at least that was bad, you know. Yeah. And it, and they pushed it and it people still really angry. And they still changed it to like the dragons to like maintain right. some sort of, you know, gringo idea of uh, of chineseness, right. you know. And they and if you read about it cuz I read a couple articles, they were the defenders were saying like it was about the industriousness like oh, no I don't no. think it was I don't no. think it was no. I don't think that I don't think that the the caricature that I saw as a kid for your mascot was about industriousness I you know No you know no. So Also it,
1: that's insulting and crazy.
0: It's yeah oh it's ah. oh it's all just like well you know that's you know a racist stereotype like well there's part of it that's real nice about a racist uh-huh. stereotype, uh-huh. like you uh-huh. know, like spicy food. That's nice. Like no, no, that's <laughs> that doesn't count. That doesn't count. The other stuff kind of, you know, outweighs the others. You know what you're saying about somebody. Yeah, God, yeah,
1: yeah it's uh, it's really crazy, and and it's the it boils down to people who are like who who resist change are always like everyone's too sensitive, and it's yeah. like you. Yeah. You. Yeah. 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 Yes. Everyone yeah. is. You yeah. are the one who is being too sensitive. Yeah. Yeah. Everything changes. Everything yeah. changes. Yeah. With it. Yep. Yep. Yeah. 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 Exactly.
3: What is so going home is a little like that. Yes. Justin and so good. Thousands of summer deals at your Nordstrom Rack store. Save up to sixty percent on new arrivals from Vince. Rag & Bone, Adidas, Joe's, Marc Jacobs, and more. Great brands, great prices every day at Nordstrom Rack. But hurry for first dibs. Get your summer favorites up to 60% off at Nordstrom Rack today. Great brands, great prices. That's why you rack.
2: Imagine bold, naturally-aged Tillamook cheddar slices melting over a burger, eating handfuls of thick-cut cheddar shreds straight from the bag, taking a bite out of an irresistibly bold block of extra sharp cheddar cheese (sighs) we know you want to get back to streaming but wasn't it nice to daydream about cheese for a bit tillamook cheddar extraordinary dairy love the flexibility of working in all sorts of places
0: You tell my loves are growing? Now, was your household? I mean, was were your parents fairly conservative? I mean, I know Catholic and everything, but I think you yeah. know, yeah, there's people. I know so many Catholic, you know, kids that grew up Catholic that were sort of, you know, like there was they weren't crazy about abortion and stuff, but other than that, uh-huh. they were sort of Kennedy-like. You know, was that people, your folks? People are
1: crazy about abortion. <laughs> yeah, they sure oh, are. Oh, they yeah, love yeah. it. Um. Uh, you know, yeah, pretty, pretty conservative. Yeah. Pretty conservative. Yeah. 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 Um, not like, you know, hateful, although, you know, I, although I, I do wonder, I, um, you know, when, when Rush Limbaugh passed, my mom was like, oh, your dad loved him. And I was like, I never knew that. Yeah. So I, I think, I think there were certain things that he maybe was like, these are conversations I won't be having. Right. With our young progressive queer son. Yeah. Um, Yeah. But, but yeah, pretty pretty conservative. it's it's a really um, it's a rigid kind of a place. like it's this, you know, my particular Catholic corridor of St. Louis was it was and continues to be pretty homogeneous and pretty uh, patriarchal and and um and, you know it's I have when I, like friends, kids and nieces and nephews who are in high school now, and it's like they dress, talk, act exactly like we did yeah it's yeah it's pretty well i mean i'm sure there are some differences but it's pretty it's pretty wild and it was it was a it was a a very it was a place where i didn't see a whole lot of um different interpretations of adult maleness yeah there were kind of there were there was like one yeah yeah was Um,
0: that was that hard you know growing up gay and oh yeah yeah yeah, and it just like I mean, when, was it just fear? Did you just feel fear, or did or was this kind of just waiting it out? Like I'm gonna get out of here, kind of feeling.
1: It was a it was a little of both. I mean, it was definite constant terror, you know. Yeah. Because, um, you know, going to like small schools, especially like all boys schools, everybody's looking for their angle, you know. Yeah. And it's yeah. like if you if you slip once, that defines yeah. you for the rest of your high school career. So there was a yes. lot of like policing my my voice and gestures and all that kind of thing um which continued far longer than it should have mm-hmm. um but th- also in the back of my mind i was like i i am not i'm not at least i'm at least not coming right back here after i go yeah yeah I yeah go for college i'm gonna i'm gonna spread my wings and like individuate myself somewhere else i don't think i even thought of it in those terms it was just like i gotta I got to spread my wings somewhere else for a little while. Give it it a try.
0: Was it in your mind that at some point you'd be coming out like, or did you? Oh yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah.
0: You always knew like that, that was.
1: Yeah. 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 I mean, I think, you know, for a few years, I mean, I definitely dated girls and all that kind of thing. And I think, Maybe in the back of my mind, I thought it would be like a phase. Like the fact that I was nuts about boys would be like a phase. (laughs) Um, Yeah. But basically after a while, it was like, eh, it isn't. And the weird thing is like being gay ceased to be a source of anxiety for me kind of early, but seeming gay continued uh, to be a source of great anxiety for yeah, a long yeah. time. Yeah. Because, you know, I don't know. Like one, like the sex part of it, people are at least a little bit scared of, you know. Right. Um if you if you're like sort of a, a an effeminate boy or a boy with like non traditional male interests, then people can make fun of you. You know? Yeah. yeah or yeah. you're you're diminished or you're defined by that one, you know, thing. Um and that scared me to death. Yeah. Um but yeah, but like the actual like notion that I would you know grow up and settle down with a man stopped being a scary thing. About what Kinda age early. do you think? I don't know, college. Oh, okay. college. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Which yeah. is old, actually. Now that well, I say, but, you it,
0: know, but, you yeah. can't. Uh, you know, I mean, I well, what do I know? But I mean, it, you, you know, I can't imagine. It's hard to. It's hard to say. You know what? I think I am going to buck the entire system. You know, like, I think I am going to, like, step out here and, you know, go against the grain of what every one of my loved ones wants for me.
1: Or at least that's what it probably feels in your mind, you know? Yeah. Go where literally I have no role models for adulthood. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? I literally, I don't know what gay adult men look like or do. Or how they settle down or what, like, literally we know none of them. No. And, yeah, that that was – that was wild, and yeah, because but they, also to like to also be the butt of every joke. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like it is homophobia is the subtext of every male interaction, especially when you're young and especially you know, twenty, thirty years ago. And when it is in the subtext, it's the text. Yeah, you know. Um. So yeah, that was that. It it was wild. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. But you know, it's it's one of those things that like after like coming out the other side of it um is like god oh, thank god yeah thank god you know i'm i'm so like i feel so fortunate um because i had to be resourceful and i had to like figure out what my own adult life was going to be on my own and that's that's a good thing to have to do yeah
0: now uh well i'll go back to um more career things but when you came out, was there? I mean, what? If I may ask, what what was it yeah. like with your family? And you know,
1: um, um, it was uh okay. I mean, not it wasn't bad. You yeah, know, you know, I didn't get like thrown out or or you know disowned or uh anything like that. But um, but it's you know a lot of um a lot of your identity in in this part of the world is about what the neighbors will think, Mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. And, and so, um, so I, it was, I wasn't like the family secret or anything like that, but you know, I, uh, my mom started using the word boyfriend and whispering it maybe five years ago. Oh, wow. Yeah. 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 Um, Yeah. She referred to him as my roommate. And I was like, huh we've been together yeah. 11 years by this point and i said it's not my roommate and she's like what do you want me to say boyfriend and i said yes yeah, yes yeah, yeah. actually yeah. yes because that's what he is so yes right 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 and it's okay that we're in public you know like it's not anyway so it, it was a lot of you know we accept you but you know go easy
0: yeah 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 so i know. can see that yeah i can see yeah. that I mean, because definitely, because my dad uh, is gay yeah. and came out when I was to my mom when I was four, and that's what broke up their marriage. And I remember my dad, well, he lived in Bloomington, Indiana. He taught, or he still does. He lives in Bloomington, Indiana, which is a, a college town and a very sort of liberal, you know, like just one of those yeah. little islands of, of, you know, like I once referred to Austin, Texas as like sitting next to a, a gay Romney, a gay cousin, at a, a fun gay cousin at a Romney wedding, you know, like, mm-hmm. like, yeah. you know, like yeah. just like you, you have the yeah. skewed perspective of what this family is like. Cause you're right next to somebody that's really fun and cool, but Oh no, no, they are not representative. Same thing with right. Bloomington. Bloomington yeah. is not representative of, of Indiana. So it was kind of, you know, he could be more outwardly gay in terms of like, I you know, just, whatever you know like wearing a shirt that you know says gay pride on it or something you know yeah. or and you know or just like being sort of like you said just like differentiating from the male the male sort of archetype that that I was around in my hometown um yeah. but I specifically one time remember being in Springfield Illinois my brother and I I was in grade school he's maybe junior high and my dad we were went to the movies and my dad saw a friend of his, a gay friend of his, who was, he knew from some, from Indiana, but they both happened to be from Springfield and they saw each other and they gave each other a big hug and a kiss on the mouth in the middle mm-hmm. of the movie theater. You know, and this is probably 1976. And yeah. my brother and I just kind of feeling like not, not like you gross, but just, you know, like paralyzed with like, <gasps> oh my God, he just did that here. Yeah. Like, it's not yeah. blooming. like you, this is not Bloomington. This is Springfield. This is the, you know, the movie yeah. theater at the mall. And, you know, and it's, but it's like, you know, and I mean, and I wasn't like, I, you know, and like in retrospect, even recently, you know, and even like, you know, very shortly after that, I was like, well, it's, you know, it's not a big deal. You know, it's like, it's okay. It's not, you know, there's nothing wrong with it. It's just, it's, you know, you do, you get, all those eyes looking at you sure. and what are they thinking? And
1: like, yeah. And you know. f- yeah, that's gotta be, that's a, a stew for you. Yeah. You know yeah. I mean? Yeah. I mean, because, because the thing is you said not, oh, oh gross, but ew gross. It's cause it's, it's, <laughs> you, it's still your dad. Yeah. 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 It's still your well, dad. Now, if it and had like been a big
0: passionate kiss, it might've been one thing, but the, you know, right. Yeah. But yeah. Still, yeah. You know, yeah.
1: anything, anything that, you know, indicates that your parents are sexual beings is at disgusting all, is mortifying yes yes and and like repulsive to a, a kid yeah yeah uh and then you know and then there's the the you know gay and rural aspect of it yeah, as well, yeah you know so yeah. how i mean how how was i mean was that was that difficult for you
0: that particular In like instance or just high high being, school no oh, just a general oh no honestly honestly it wasn't because he told i, I i've talked about a little bit on here before i think what's was harder for my brother my brother was three years older when he told us uh-huh. i was maybe 10 i think my brother was you know i'm, I'm thinking my brother might have been 13 or 14 so i think mm, my brother was already kind of into his yeah exactly uh already into kind of you know, becoming more of a adult sexual being. So I think mm. it impacted him more. It could also just be the difference of our personalities. But I, you know, yeah. I, my dad, after he he told me and my brother and we were at my grandparents and he said, we're going to the mall. And like really weird, like abruptly, like, okay. And then we drove yeah. to a, a park and we parked in a, a parking spot. And then my dad gave us the, the whole talk and told us, And at the end, he started driving back to my grandparents. And I was like, wait, wait, aren't we going to the mall? Like I was like that to me was like, like, okay, you're gay. All right, fine. Check. Got that down. Now, wait a minute. We're not going to the mall. I was going to get a corn dog. What? (laughs) Come on. you know. Um, And that was kind of what it was. And I knew enough to not make a big public announcement that my dad was gay. But in mm-hmm. junior high, I started telling my close friends, you know, because they would see yeah. him, you know, a couple times a year. And I did It never it was never a big worry to me. It was never I, I mean, and I think I knew pretty early on and, you know, that, you know, the only thing keeping me from being gay was my heterosexuality. You know, mm-hmm. I just kind of was like, that doesn't strike me. You know, you get your teenage sort of just general 360 horniness, you know, that you kind of get past, but I always, you know, it was always, you know, I just, it never, it was never a big deal. I mean, there's all kinds of other things that impact my dad and I are estranged and they, yeah, his gayness is, it does for, at least for me has nothing to do with anything about it, you know? Um, um, But I think he did, you know, he had a, he came out of the closet angry And I think has kind of held on to that anger for a long time and held on to the anger of not being able to who he wanted to be for a long, long time, which I can't say, you know, it's, it's his life. It's his journey, but I just, but for anybody, the general sort of wellness sort of advice you'd give to them is you got to let go of that anger. You know, you got to at some point. You got to at some point let go of that, and also too look around. It's a it's a different world. It's not the fifties, you know. It's right. It's a it's a it's just the fucking progress, you know. Just to think that Barack Obama was too embarrassed to say, or too I, I shouldn't say embarrassed, just a cal- made a calculated decision to say I'm for civil unions, but gay marriage is pushing it. When you, everybody was like, you know, he's fine with it, you know? Right. Um, And then, but now it's like, it's, it's a fact of life. It just is there. And, you know, and it was tried to use as a wedge, uh, you know, a a wedge for people in elections to great effect. Um, Yeah. But it just, it's just, it's this, it's a wave of acceptance. It's just, it's coming why, right. why, just get, but and also you know because it's right. It's just it's right to it let is. people of course who they right. want to be.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, of course it's right, but I understand your father's anger. You yeah, know? yeah, yeah. Because you do. The world is different now, but you bring with you the world that you grew up in. Yeah, you know, and and I like I'm angry about the knots that I tied myself up in, in my adolescence, so as not to like appear gay. Yeah. To, so as to like you know, it's, it's fly beneath the radar. Yeah. And then yeah. get to whatever. And all of the things that that like, not only I tried to change about myself, but I but I internalized and began to believe about what is what is and is not good, or what is and is not acceptable for a man to do or think or be, or say, and like all that shit. No it held on for so fucking long. And it's like, and it cost me years of my life. And I'm and I'm still angry about that. Like I'm yeah yeah I am in therapy. You know, to talk about it, and I and I I write about these kinds of things, and I I've, I feel like I'm I hope I'm using my anger well. Yeah. But but your dad grew up in a version of that that was ten times stronger. Yeah. Because I at least even knew what gay people were, kind of. You yeah. Know? Yeah. I didn't know any, but I kind of knew that they existed somewhere. Right. And and you also um, kind
0: of were under there was there was the popular opinion that it should be acceptable.
1: You yeah, know I mean, I mean that the, didn't like really take hold until the '90s. Until I was like an adult. Um, yeah,
0: but, but I don't. Don't you think? Yeah. like, Well, I mean, you're so,
1: in my milieu, anyway. Yeah, yeah, but. yeah.
0: But I mean, at least because you know, in small towns, you watch TV and you see you see things on TV that aren't going to happen in your small town for another thirty years. You know what I mean? Right. And, and sure. but I I feel like at least well. I don't know. I mean, maybe I'm maybe I'm looking back with rose colored glasses, but I feel like there at least was, you know, the notion growing up in a place where everyone knew racism was bad and that you shouldn't use the N word. But, Mm -hmm. you know, I mean, come on, we're still going to tell jokes. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Right. And but they know it's bad. It's, you know, most of the time when I heard the N word as a child, it was whispered, like even though, you know, Uh like, so it's like, you're using that word, but you know it's bad. So why not just not use it, you know? Yeah, yeah. And I think, and I don't know. you are already I guess, changing your voice.
1: Yeah, so yeah. So say something else. Yeah. And I guess, yeah. but I, you know, uh, yeah. It, I, it, also, you know, it, it, this can't be, the importance of this can't be overstated. If it, if it really was like the mid-70s or whenever it was that your father came out, then, you know, AIDS explodes in yeah. 1981. And, yeah. and I just, like, I can't. I am so lucky to have, you know, if whatever, 1981, I was 10. So I wouldn't really be like sexually active until much later that decade. And we knew kind of what to do and what not to do, which doesn't mean I wasn't paranoid and having constant panic attacks and feeling in my lymph nodes and whatever Mm. at all times. But it was like, you know, if I were five years older, I would have made mistakes that would have killed me. You know? Yeah. Um, And, you know, and for someone who's delayed their, you know, real honest life and then finally gets to do it. And then it's like, oh, also it can kill you. Yeah, yeah. It's like, God, I can't can't imagine. You know? Uh, Yeah. I can't imagine.
0: And I'm sorry.
1: I'm not here to... Be your father's defense lawyer. <laughs> no,
0: I know. And I understand. And I'm but, sorry to for me to if it seemed like I was saying like, no, well, it was it was more acceptable than you're letting no. on because what the fuck do I know? But no, no, but, no, no. And my dad, I, my dad has said about it. He said he's uh, he was lucky to live in a small town, you know, in a yeah. relatively small town. He said if he'd lived in a major metropolitan area, he probably would have died. You know, I mean, yeah. and that's it's, you know.
1: Yeah. I mean, it would, it would fill you with anger that yeah. would be destructive
0: to yeah, your relationships yeah, yeah. later in life.
1: Good it's Lord. Awful.
0: Yeah. Yeah. You're absolutely right. Yeah. Of course. You know, it's, uh, you know, it's, uh, it's easier than it should be for me to forget about what that was like and what that was about and how that was handled when it was happening and what, you know, a nightmare uh, it was, and what you know, and what a sublime— or not sublime— what a, a, a profound uh, societal neglect. How much you know, just the neglect that went on to just let people die and die and die. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. for
1: so. years and years. I mean, yeah, just inaction. Yeah, um, yeah, it's it's shocking. And so now, so now, you know, to get back to fucking people getting furious about masks. Yeah, yeah, it's like. If this were, if, the, you know, when we see these, like, anti and not even anti-mask mandate protests, anti-mask as a concept protests. Right, right. It's like, if this were 1988 and it were a bunch of gay men talking about, we don't want to wear condoms, you would see it for what it is. Yes. The world would see it very clearly for the selfishness. And decadence that is, yes, yes, it, you know what I mean, and they would yeah. have no patience for it whatsoever. Oh, they. I, I, Why we're indulging this fucking nonsense? I do not understand. Yeah, 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 I don't understand. I don't actually have to respect your choice in this regard. Yeah. I actually don't at all.
0: I don't. It's just I think you know, it, it's it's uh white people are. We know we're not going to be in charge. For, you know, yeah. in like the coming decades, it's just, we're not yeah. going to be in charge. And even, even the supposed like ones on the right side, the right thinking ones, I find still like, as the years go by the dismantling of my own sort of like comfort, comfort in sort of yeah, what I don't have to consider and what I don't have to confront and what I don't have to think about. And I mm-hmm. will probably be doing that for the rest of my life because you don't you know, if you if you never told about something uh, or never exposed to something, it's odds are you're not going to really recognize it or acknowledge it. Um, right. You know? Right. Yeah. But anyway, let's yeah, get back to you. This is. Yeah. OK. Well, go, no, you go ahead. Finish that. Thought. Well, no, no. it's
1: just I was going to say I, I this I um, I liken to uh the very end of fatal attraction. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Where it's like, you're certain that Glenn Close is dead in that bathtub. And then she, you know, and then she pops out. Like it's, it's like, it, it, it is, we are moving into a world where, where, that will like, by that will like necessarily require cooperation and and sharing and for the voice of the straight white male to be a voice in the chorus and not the lead singer. And, and it's like, Having to share, or it, it, having to share, means that you also have to admit areas where you have been wrong. Yeah, and that is a very difficult thing to do. And it's like, and it's not going to happen without a fight. And what we're seeing now is that like death spasm, that like yeah, that yeah. fight. It's just fucking fists going out in every direction. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Anyway, I can't. Re- I can't remember that there was a statistic. It's a. I, I need to look it up so that I can have it on hand. It's a writer. It's a political writer and operative made this statement on TV that, you know, white men, I think, are something like 20 percent of the population. And mm-hmm. 20 years ago, they they held 90 percent of the power. Like, a, you yeah. know, it's some, there's some calculation they do now. They're the same percentage. And now they're like 80 percent of the power and they're going fucking crazy. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Because they mm-hmm. lost 10 percent of the power and it mm-hmm. for 20 percent of the population. And if you put that just, you know, if you just like made that some sort of algebra problem and say, you know, like it was the, you made the population, you know, like, like a Dr. Seuss thing, like people with stars on Vars, you know, like, like people with stars on them, you would just be like, well, that's not fair. That's just wrong that so, such a, you know, a a small slice of people get to be so much in control. Yeah. it just doesn't, you know, it's like until that changes, yes, it's going to be fucked up. And until, really? until the those with stars on theirs and, you know, white men start to let it go. And like it, I've always said too, the basic fucking Sunday school daycare thing of share, teaching children to share. It's just sharing, you know, yes. there's plenty to go around, just share. And until yes. that happens, it's, yeah, it's going to be bad. Yeah. You know, and I wish, you know, yeah, if they weren't fucking up the planet, that would be nice. But
1: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. anyhow, you get out of college. Now that we've lost everyone who
0: doesn't agree (laughs) with us. Yes.
3: Well, bye. Justin and So Good. Thousands of summer deals at your Nordstrom Rack Store. Save up to 60% on new arrivals from Vince. Rag and bone adidas joe's mark jacobs and more great brands great prices every day at nordstrom rack but hurry for first dibs get your summer favorites up to 60 percent off at nordstrom rack today great brands great prices that's why you rack
2: love the flexibility of working in all sorts of places
0: Can't you tell my love's are growing you uh you get out of college
1: <laughs> yeah where does this be? where does you like what are you going to do with yourself well i go to new york yeah i go to new york um and i get a job in advertising uh-huh um and I yeah I worked at Sachi Sachi
0: the gateway drug to show business the
1: gateway drug to show business <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. kind of exactly right yeah yeah um, yeah it's it just felt right to me in some way I was thinking I might go to graduate school for um, like to to be a, a clinical psychologist but I was like I'm gonna go I need to be in the real world I need to not be in school I need to like I, I felt like I had lessons I needed to learn I needed to do them on my own I moved to New York uh, got a job at Sachi and Sachi in the media department and, and did that for a while. And, and it was, of course it was great. Like it was, it, it, I was suddenly surrounded by, like, I felt like such a freak show my entire life. And then suddenly I was in New York city and I was surrounded by like different points of view and different, you know, different, just all a million different types. And I was like, ah, I am, i I am one of many yeah you know i'm not yeah, yeah. i am not this weird thing that I'm like to be ashamed of or whatever I'm like I've kind of felt like the normal one for the first time in my life, you know yeah um and which was super like that was unbelievably powerful you yeah
0: know?
1: um and and I started doing uh improv and stuff, oh wow um yeah there was uh u c b had not started yet um but there was there there were like some acting schools had like an improv program or whatever mm-hmm. and I, I took one of those and started doing improv shows and sketch shows and and uh and all of that and it was you know we would perform in venues that were like not venues they were like bars yeah yeah but there would be a stage in the corner and yeah. nobody showed up at the bar to see improv right But we would do it anyway. Yeah, and or or we'd be at like don't tell mama or the duplex or whatever, and that was like oh this is this is living. Yeah, yeah. This is like I don't know how to make money doing this, but I love it. Yeah, and I yeah it it was it was. But I'm young. I I'm young. I got a day job,
0: and at night I get to have this much fun with my people. You know, with my people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. With people
1: who um, like want to spend their time this way. Yeah. You know, yeah. who, who like, um, who aren't, aren't like, st- stand up comics are very funny. Also, uh, some are, but like, <laughs> it's not, a, it's not like that's a, that's a very selfish kind of, you know, I want all the attention sort of thing. Like yes. there's something about improv and sketch comedy. That's like naturally cooperative. And it, it, it attracts a certain kind of person was right. like, these are my people. Yes. Um, I was never good, but I did it for a long, long time. (laughs) And then, and then, at some point in here, like you,
0: you, you, a runner-up, and you wanted to be a DJ. Is that like, yeah? Is that the first kind of? Is that like a big turning point for you?
1: That was it. That was it. Yeah. I by that time I had left advertising because I was I was in my mid twenties. I was in New York. I had a bunch of roommates. I was living. Fairly cheaply, or as cheaply mm-hmm. as it can be done in New York, and and I was like, I'm young. I don't have to think about anyone but myself. I don't like my day job. I can actually make more money temping. And oh wow, That's, to, that Jesus Christ that sucks. Yeah, yeah. Well, but you know, you can actually make a lot of money temping, but it's just you have to pay for your like insurance and all yeah, that stuff. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you don't get benefits, but. um Yeah. So I, I had left, I was, I was, I was kind of still in the world of advertising. I was just temping within it. And, uh, and there was an audition at, um, oh, and I had like given myself like two years to try to segue into some sort of entertainment job. I didn't know what, and, uh, they had an open call at MTV and I went and, um, when I got there and there were all these cameras and like logos for it. And it was like, this is going to be, this is not an audition. This is going to be an event. This is going to be like a, thing that they're going to, you know, yeah. put on TV and whatever, which they did. Uh it was like a 3-day event. Viewers called in to vote for who they wanted to be the next VJ or whatever. It mm-hmm. was not me. But because I had had a few years of of like hustling in New York and and I saw how great this opportunity was, I was like I am going to get a job here. Like yeah. somehow I you know all the people that I met through that process I got everyone's business card and I was like I'm just going to keep calling and emailing until they tell me to stop or give me a job. Yeah. Because it's too good an opportunity not to like be shameless about mm-hmm. taking full advantage of. So and also and it's it, it's it's good for you. It's like
0: you have yeah. a skill set that yes. is that it's that's it's right in your out or right up your ass, yes. you know.
1: Yes. Yeah. And, uh, and so, yeah, so I, I, um, I got a job. I was like writing weekend specials and stuff. And then just because I was around the office and I had been part of want to be a VJ and people, I think had kind of a, like a warm feeling toward me because I had not won. (laughs) And, Uh um, and, and, you know, I think they, I don't know, wanted to find something for me. So so I screen tested for a show and got it and the show got picked up. And, and then like MTV is the kind of thing where once you're in, once they trust you, they're just you're just busy all the time. Right. And you're going a lot to of it spring
0: is, break house and you you're, know Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: You're spending the summer in the Bahamas. Right. You know, or whatever. <laughs> On the
0: popper's boat.
1: Yeah. On sure. <laughs> um it's yeah, it was wild. It, it was um I, I became very busy there very quickly. Yeah, yeah. Which was good. And and that was like that was the first like doing okay. Right when I first started, when we were doing the pilot for this, my, what would become my first show, there was a 90 minute live block called MTV live. And, um, it, the regular hosts were both doing something else. I forget what it was. So some high, like some higher up at, at MTV who is 28,
3: um, calls <laughs> me,
1: uh, or calls the producer on set with me and is like, uh, put Dave on. I get on. He's like, uh, we need someone to host the live show today. Can you do it? And I was like, sure. And they just put me like, I've not done this ever, but they put me on live television for 90 minutes. And just in the clothes you wore to work. Um, no, there was a wardrobe department. Matt Pinfield and I were similar sizes. So I think I I (laughs) borrowed one of his uh, his. bowling shirts or, you know, gas station (laughs) attendant shirts. And, um, but yeah, it was on, they just like put me on live TV for 90 minutes. And I was like, I was too, it was too insane for me to be nervous. Yeah. It was all too surreal for me to be nervous. And I immediately was like, I like, I am doing something that I, I know how to do. Yeah. Like i never fully had the feeling of like, Oh, I'm, this is what I do. I like, I feel good doing this. Yeah. Um, it was it was like the perfect job for me. Yeah. Much later, I would find out I have you know what I always suspected, which was a really severe case of ADHD. So like, so live TV is the perfect job for somebody yeah whose attention is all over the place because right. your attention has to be all over the place. But it was it was like that doing that job that like super high stress job was the first time I felt really calm. Yeah, in my life. You know. And
0: I think, I think because I, you know, having like I, in many ways, my job is being on television. And yeah. that's, and that's, and that's from hours and out, like literally thousands of hours of being on television for yeah. me. And it isn't, and there isn't any like particular, like I'm a dramatic actor, I'm this. I just am on television. Like that's a skill set that I've acquired that I kind of had in me already, but also just, you know, in that repetition kind of way now. I can do that. Like I can drop into things and be on television and be on, you know, be interviewed and be all these things. And you do like, you know, I think, cause early on, I kind of had that same sense, like, Oh, I'm suited to this. And, it, and it's something that follows a little bit afterwards is not everyone is. And yeah. I, and I need that kind of, like, I need to feel like that the things that I'm good at are like, I'm I'm not just like everybody else. Like, you know, I mean, for some reason, because I, you know, to discount what I can, my own skill set, I just have this natural discounting of it. But when I am, when it's, when it's shown to me, like, no, no, not everybody can do this thing that you can do. I'm like, oh, okay. Well, then I, I, you know, I don't know. I'm just more comfortable accepting a check for it or something, or, or, you know, not feeling, you know, I think it's, it's basically an insurance policy against imposter syndrome, you know, against feeling like, oh, at any minute, somebody's going to come in here and tell me. I don't deserve this because it's like no, no. I, I mean, I'm not saying I'm a brain surgeon, but I can be on fucking TV. You know what I mean? Yeah, and And, yeah, and you are.
1: Yeah, and it's um, so I think we. I'm very much the same way, and I and I think some of it is Midwesternness. Some of it is is I think um, a hedge against uh show business ego. Yeah, you know because which is Midwesternness. Yeah, yeah, it's because you you have to, you can't do this job without thinking, I am good at this job, right. but it's a slippery, or it feels like a slippery slope to go from, I am good at this job to, I am better than everyone else because I'm yeah. good at this job. I can do no you know? wrong. Yeah. Exactly. And, and yeah. you know, a thing I noticed very early in my TV career was like, people were like, my coworkers at MTV laughed at my jokes a lot more than my coworkers in advertising. Mm-hmm. And I was like, it hit me very quickly. Like, I didn't just get funnier just magically. I became a person who, um, if I'm in a bad mood, can slow things down or, or make everybody else's day yeah. not as good, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's like, I'm someone to coddle a little bit. Like, uh-huh. I, I didn't become funny. I became somebody to coddle. And, and so you're surrounded by that because it's just, it's, it's in everyone's interest to keep you in a good mood if yeah. you're the one who's on camera. Right, right. Um, so if you know, I I think you got it at a time in life where you were able to understand that. Yes. Um, many the ba- do not.
0: You're the balloon that the kids don't let touch the ground because. Yes. Yeah. You yeah. know, you keep, yeah. you know, the game of keeping that balloon floating because it, it's tragedy if it hits the ground. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly.
1: Um, but yeah, yeah, it's, I, for me, like, I got very addicted to the feeling of at the end of like a specifically a live show, um, feeling like wrung out in the way that you feel wrung out after like a, a long production yeah. of that feeling. And I love the feeling of like, I only, I could have done what just happened, which is yeah. not to say that like. I am the, I, no one could have done it as well as I just did it. It's just like, I, I, knowing that like I stamped this thing with my personality and my point of view and whatever, and it, it would have been a completely different show if, if one of my colleagues had done it. Right. Yeah. And like, I love, I'm like, I can't live without that feeling. Yeah. I get antsy when I, when I feel like I'm doing something that anybody could do. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Yep. Absolutely. Um, and I don't, yeah, know, because, I don't know if and, that's just narcissism or what, but it's like, it's, I, I don't know. I have to have that feeling no, where I'm i a little nuts.
0: Yeah, no, I mean, I, 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 th- I think I, you know, it's the same thing because you do have to, you're right. You have to. You know just having having had the Conan show, and like one of the things that I have to keep in my mind is that like now I'm looking for work, which I was very spoiled by ten years of a steady check mm-hmm. and I realize the best way for me to get work or like the the mindset I need to be in to get work is loving myself, thinking I'm great, thinking that I can you know that like I deserve every opportunity, and that if somebody comes to me with something and they choose someone else, they're making a mistake Mm -hmm. because they ought to hire me because I'm the one that's going to do it. And not to make it like a megalomaniacal thing, but just like a quiet confidence, but Mm -hmm. that also has an energy to it because I need Mm -hmm. that kind of energy because left of my own devices, I just settle to the bottom. You know, I just like, Ah, what, well, who am I? What is, what does any of this mean? What I know better than anybody else. In fact, I'm, some days I'm like, I'm shitty at things, you know, you know, but you have to, so it's like, and I think it's, you know, I guess if you're in sales or something or you're, you know, you're going, you got to, you know, work among actuaries, you got to be, you got to believe in yourself too. But it's like, you really do. I think for this, especially when you're the product, you got to really inflate yourself and keep keep that ball in the air because yeah it's it's well there's so much against you too there's so much rejection you know uh right you right. know and being on tv jesus christ so much re- you're you're putting yourself in front of people who have a mach- who have a little box in their hand that they could push a button and g- say no no yeah. dave bye yeah. see yeah. ya you know yeah And it's, you know, and you can't get away from that. You know, you can rationalize it a million ways. I, You know, I had shows that failed and I thought, okay, America rejected me. And I have friends that say, don't look at it that way. And I'm like, I I absolutely have to look at that way because that it's, it's a component of reality is that they put me out there and yeah, there's a million other things that went into it and network bullshit and lack of promotion, blah, blah, blah. But like, no, but I mean, other people get put on TV and America goes, oh my God. Give me more of that. Yeah. Shove more of that in my whole day after day after day. <laughs> and I get put on TV and they're like, yeah, it's all right. He's all right. right. Yeah, likable, yeah. I guess. Yeah, yeah. Mm. But yeah. not, you know, because there are people that do that. So you, it's like you got to be your own fucking pep squad. You Absolutely.
1: Know? And you also have to like not um, – like leap at every opportunity because you're afraid it's going to be the last one, which is like, that's where I have the hardest time. Yeah. Because I still have that thing of like feeling, you know, gratitude is important, but it can also be a glue trap kind Mm -hmm. of because Mm -hmm. you're like, If, if you approach it from just like, God, I'm so lucky to be here. Like, let me just do everything I can before they figured out that I don't know what the fuck I'm doing or the next generation comes along or whatever. So you're just like, yes, yes, yes. And, and it's like, you do have to have a moment of quietly being like the right thing, the right thing will find me, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to keep doing what I do and and connect with the right thing at some point. I don't have to like, I don't have to act like, you know, a lottery winner, right? you know, who is about to be ushered out of the building.
0: Yeah. You know? And also because there are things you can do that actually might, you know, if you might say yes to this, this present thing right here in front of you, then there's a check attached, but you know, it's not good. You know, it's yeah. not great. And that could fuck you up for the next thing. That's actually really pretty good and has an even bigger check. And, you know, yeah. and is really what you want to do. You have to kind of curate your choices so that you don't end up, you know, cause you, you see it. You see people that like, like, Oh no, honey, don't do that. Like you see right. people that you like on TV doing things like, Oh gosh. Oh, yeah. I, I don't know if you, you could have said done no that. that. Yeah. 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 But um, you know, and it's, cause yeah. I think it's the fine line between being a person that wants to do things for people and being someone that lets themselves be take advantage, taken advantage of. For sure. Uh, you know, it, it, there's an aspect of that to it too, where you just yeah. like, uh, who am I to say no to things? And it's like, well, actually, I'm. I have worth. I have. I have preferences. I have standards. So uh, yeah, there are things I'm going to say no to.
1: Yeah, you have to. You yeah. absolutely have to. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like, uh, God, late night shows in the in the back in the Andy Dick theater. At, you know, yeah. 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 Midnight on a Friday or whatever. But yeah. Right. I, um, the the show that I made the most on was um it was like commercial bumpers um yeah. around true crime programming on Court TV. Oh yeah, yeah. And 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 it you know the people i worked with were terrific but it was like it was one of those where i was like Literally, like, please get some hot guy to do this, please. Because it's <laughs> like, it doesn't matter who reads these words off this teleprompter, it does not matter. Like, yeah. if you wanted my personality, you're not getting it because I'm not, you know, because I can't. Like, we would do our segments had to be exactly one minute long, and sometimes they were interviews with like forensics experts or whatever. Oh, that's easy. Yeah. And so like the producer would be like, that actually came in at 57 seconds. We have to do it again. And we would do it as many times as it took to get it to exactly 60 seconds. And and just like, just wild, like mind numbing shit like that, um, that I was like, you know, I took it because I was just like, I got to take, I just got to do this while I, you know, while I still can. But at the end of every day, I was like, I really, I'm going to go crazy. Yeah. 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 And by that yeah. time I was like back doing improv in LA. So that was good. I was able to like balance that, but Wait, you know, there's no money in improv.
2: W-
0: <laughs> yeah, that's true. When you, uh, what, what caused you to leave MTV? Just you'd kind of done uh, enough there to be honest with you. Like
1: it was uh, my contract just ran out. Oh. And you know, and you get, you know, you get five years there. You get four yeah. or five years there. Yeah, if you're yeah. lucky, I think I got four and a half almost exactly. And, and then it's just, and then it kind of peters out. And I was in LA working on an MTV show, um, like a game, a game show. Um, I don't even, another time.
3: Yeah. yeah. Um, (laughs) it was like, it was
1: an immediately post fear factor game show that had Ah. like, uh, you know, whatever. Um, it was not my bag, but whatever. Um, and that wrapped and, and then just like the checks stopped coming and it was like, oh, that's. It's just like, there was no goodbye. It, and, and that's a common experience there. It's just like, your contract runs out. And like, yeah, if you have yeah. a conversation with anyone, it's someone in business affairs. Yeah. It's like none of the producers or, or you know, writers that you worked with, nobody knows really when it's, unless you go, unless you're like Carson and you leave with purpose to go to a next thing. Yeah. Um, it, it was just for me, it was just like, oh, that's, that's it. Yeah. That's Bye. the end of the road. Yeah. 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 Like, and it was
0: you, like coming it was home and finding the locks changed. Oh, I yes. guess we broke up. I guess okay. we broke up. Yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah. And by this now, time I was 31 or 32 and the writing was on the wall, you know? Yeah.
0: Are you union during this?
1: Yes. You are union because
0: you're on yeah. t- on camera talent. Yeah. 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 Because yeah. I, I did, I worked a little bit for MTV here and there and they were like, here's a nickel, Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. they're terrible yeah. about paying and just, yeah. you know. Yeah, nobody did, ever. Nobody
1: ever got rich there.
0: <laughs> yeah, we did. We did a a group of a group of us from Chicago did a um, a sketch comedy pilot for them, and the money that they were gonna and there were I know, was like eight or nine of us in it. The money that they were gonna pay for us, pay us for it. I did like calculation and realized like I could be bartending in front of a show that I'm on currently. You know what I mean? Like, I could Uh be giving people drinks and then be on the TV too. And they could Mm -hmm. say, Hey, is that you? And I could say, Yeah. Oh, yeah. We're still making the show. No, I just don't make enough money to Mm -hmm. live in New York City and be on this television show. So, yeah. Yeah. yeah, I don't know. I great. mentioned it's probably still the same. I mean, it's and it's, you know, MTV well, certainly isn't what it was anyway. No.
1: No. Yeah. I don't even I don't know. I don't know a single person who works there anymore and it's yeah. nothing but uh, like skateboard wipeout videos and right, stuff. Right, right, right. So, yeah. Um, yeah, it's a strange thing. It's just had its 40th anniversary and they did nothing. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah. Um, it's it's all it's all very strange. Right.
0: Um, at what and if I may ask at what point during this process are do you come out publicly?
1: Kind Is of toward the end of um, MTV, yeah, of my time there, yeah, yeah. Uh, I guess it was two thousand one or two thousand two. Mm-hmm. You know, it was, I, I, it's so weird looking back because I had been out forever, you know, like to family since college and to friends since before that, and and was very like very out in my life, yeah. But on and the everybody era, you
0: work with knows, and you know, absolut- yeah, 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 yeah.
1: But The the thing like the disconnect between then and now is that then you needed, like you needed a a magazine to tell your story, you know, or like you needed to do an interview with somebody, right? And like nobody fucking cared, you know. Like I wasn't I wasn't the guy on the network. It kind of just it was difficult to like wrestle a magazine into doing an interview, yeah, um, yeah, because I just wasn't, you know, I wasn't the face, you know, right, um. And I, I could have been bolder, I guess, about saying things on the air, um, but, you know, certainly like, you know, we had like Eminem and we would, you know, when a new album would come out, we would, it would be like a week's worth of programming. And he would say the F word, you know, yeah. 375 times on right. every album. And then I'd have to be on live TV, like interviewing him. And I don't, I don't, it's, so, it's disappointing to look back and mm-hmm. say like, I could have, could have said something. Yeah. Um, but I never did. And uh I, I don't I, I don't know if I was just trying not to jeopardize a good thing or what, but it's 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 I look back on that with a little bit of regret. But I but you know, finally did it and literally nothing changed. Yeah. I've I've had similar moments that
0: I look back on that happened on the Conan show at, where I felt like, uh I you know, that was bad and wrong and I should and but then I think what my position on the show was, what the show is about, and it just you know, and then there, I think again, it, there's this midwesternness of like, well, I don't want to be impolite, you know, right. this isn't my party, so right. I'm not going to dictate the tone of the party. I'm just going to, you know, be quiet and live right. But you know, that uh, that was I, there. I have the exact same thing where there's times and I was like, where I feel like, ah, I should have just, I don't know, a little pushback against van jones saying sure say, like on the on the conan show saying <laughs> like say? he just he was like talking about um well the democrats are doing a they who knows what their agenda is like and i i, I think it was during a presidential election like who knows what their agenda is and i was just sitting there thinking like hmm. Well, you could look on their fucking website. Yeah. You could listen to their every fucking speech that they give. And gosh, if only one of us had a current events program where they could highlight these things. Yes. You know, these things that are supposedly not being touted, you know. And yeah. Just, uh, yeah. Just, you know, laziness, just laziness. And, you right. know, uh, but you know, whatever. Yeah. Uh, you know, who Yeah, I, I just, you know, I'm, it's also, I'm a fucking talk show sidekick. You know, I have to, I do have to kind of look at it sometimes I would have to be like, you know, everybody should say what they, what they should, but there was also kind of like, yeah, but this is clown time, you know, I mean, this isn't even like really, nobody's coming here for scathing rants or incisive viewpoints.
1: It's, you know, we got puppets. Got puppets right. and you you got know. A puppet dog. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, yeah. I tr- I do try to remind myself of that also, which you know, yeah. like I really did. I mean, I really did walk in off the street and get this job. So, like, so I can forgive myself for not being like bolder than I was. Yeah, about, like, yeah. You know, pushing a, an agenda or whatever. Yeah, um, but yeah, and, a-
0: so. and also it, we all are caught in the in the tide of time, and it's like mm-hmm. you know, in that time we all contribute to it, but then sometimes there is times where you're writing, you know, and you don't, you don't even really realize like, oh yeah, I, you know, it would be appropriate. Cause at the time, did it, did you wish you were, should have said something to Eminem or, or I it's mean, only no, in retrospect time, honestly, that you're
1: like. Yeah, I, the, yeah. Yeah. No, that idea didn't even occur to me until a few years ago. Yeah. Yeah. Um, You know, partially because of feeling like a lottery winner you know, who ended up with the job and not wanting to rock the boat. But also just like, the, you know, straight white male power was so much more entrenched then that it was like, even, you know, honestly, like when I talked about like coming out publicly or doing like a national coming out day special or whatever, uniformly the executives who said, "Eh, you should stay, you should stay how you are, were all gay executives. So So it's like, none of us really knew what to do. Yeah, you know, yeah. um, so I don't know. Yeah. I, um, yeah. yeah. I mean, I wouldn't have wanted to pick a fight with Eminem on live TV. I'd <laughs> yeah, probably yeah. he's a very right. good battle rapper. Right, He'd right. rap things at me that would be very hurtful <laughs> and, and you I would have no you recourse. Would, you
0: would not rhyme anything.
1: No, I wouldn't. No. I, wouldn't. Yeah, yeah. I would be bad. I'm bad at that.
0: <laughs> well, how did, now when do you, when do you start, uh, having more kind of a writing career?
1: Um, right around the time I was doing that, that, uh, court TV show. Yeah. Um, uh, because I was going a little bananas. Um, I, uh, yeah, I started, honestly, I started like blogging. I had a Tumblr. Oh wow. And, and that was like, that felt really good. And that like, that filled up that feeling for me of like, I am making a thing that only I can make right now. Mm -hmm. Like it is the least consequential thing in the world. Like it is literally a Tumblr, but, um, but it felt good. Right. Yeah. And, uh, and I enjoyed it and I like, you know, developed a medium sized audience or whatever. And then I, um, court TV show went away. Uh, the FX show that I had been working on went away and, um, and I was like, I don't know what I'm going to do next. And, and so I, I messaged the, uh, the editor at the time of Vulture um which is like the New York Magazine pop culture site because X-Factor was starting up like the yeah. the American Idol sort of um sequel and um and I was like is anyone recapping it for you cuz I was like I want I want to I want like deadlines and an editor and you know I want yeah yeah I want to do that and uh and so he said, no, I we don't know if anyone's gonna care about this show. And so it's like, well, give me a give me a try. So it was like two two weekly deadlines and a word count and an editor. And and uh and I found that I really enjoyed it and that led to a column and and then that column led to a, a book and uh and then my editor at uh Vulture moved to Esquire and I moved with him and um and just have stayed there ever since. And yeah. that's been like That's been the major thing, which is like a surprise, but I love it. Yeah. I'm, I'm, it, it, it gives me that feeling of like, you know, when I, when I hit publish on something, I feel like, okay, uh, that is a, that would not be there if I hadn't done it. May not be great, but it it wouldn't be there if I hadn't done it. How does it compare to the
0: satisfaction of, of being on camera, of having people look at you and say, looking, looking at you saying things?
1: Um, I don't My I, I'm, I don't miss people looking at me saying things. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I really don't. Um, yeah. Uh, look, thank God MTV was before social media. I would be, I would be a heroin addict if <laughs> I were on camera in that way, in a time of social yeah. media, I would be dead. You um, mean just because you would have to listen to so much- I, yeah, horrible, horrible stuff. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you know, we had our, you know, AOL MTV page and there were message boards and like the occasional, you know, grounded 14 year old girl would, you know, talk about, uh, you know, I'm too fat or whatever. And that would, that would be, that would just rip my heart in half. So like, you know, luckily that toughened me up, but I still think it would be a nightmare. If we had had full social media. Um, yeah, I don't, um, I miss, I miss the energy of live perform of of like a, a live television show. Um, Mm -hmm. uh, I, I, you know, I miss like that buzz of, you know, you know, people running around in headsets and, you know, a a producer yelling in your ear and all that kind of thing. Like that's, that's, I miss that adrenaline rush, but I, but I, I find writing to be much more relaxing and it suits my 50 year old lifestyle. Yeah. Yeah. i considerably more. I have, I wish I, I wish I
0: just, uh, my, my ADHD wasn't uh, that I could somehow get a, get a handle on it to, to do more writing because I certainly, I mean, I like, I like acting very much. Uh, And I like being on, you know, doing TV, you know, game showy kind of things like those are fun too, but it's, but uh, you know, acting is acting is more satisfying, like just sort of like, but, If I just could produce television shows and write television shows and Uh and you know say um, use this wallpaper instead of that wallpaper on the set, you know, like just make those, I would be happy to not to not be looked at ever again in my life. Yeah, because it just I've been looked at enough. I don't, you know, it's not. It's always been a mixed bag. I still watching myself on video I do not enjoy that experience I don't find yeah. that I will ever enjoy that experience you yeah, know whereas I neither. I I will read the shit I've written 15 times and be like yeah. man good job Andy you know but yeah looking at myself no thank you
1: yeah it's yeah that can be that can be rough and it, and yeah. time won't make it any easier yeah yeah um yeah I I yeah I I can there are the occasional project like TV wise comes up that I feel like, okay, I could add something to that. And yeah, you know, and I've been lucky enough to do a few and I'm sure there are a couple more left in me, but, but I'm not like, I'm not like madly searching for it. And, and if I, if I were to pitch something that got picked up and the condition of it getting picked up is you can't host it. We need someone younger or whatever. Yeah. Fine. Fine. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I'm that's a hundred percent. Okay. If with I... that.
0: I'm, I mean, I'm in the process right now of pitching different TV di- ideas and I have come to the, you know, like, what if they say like, well, this is funny, but th- it should be someone younger and prettier. I'd be like, fuck yes, go Great. ahead. Yeah. Good. Let me help you, you find Go, f- Yeah. Find somebody really pretty. Um, yeah. Yeah. That's fine with me, you know? Yeah,
1: absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So, I don't know. We'll see. Yeah.
0: We'll see know. what happens. Yes, Exactly. Well, that gets, I mean, we'll see what happens could be the answer to the second of these three questions, which mm-hmm. is what have you learned? I mean, what do you, what do you, what do you take from, from the path that you've been on? And it could also be, you know, I always like to say, it doesn't have to be work things. It could be about mm-hmm. you and Ben, about your partner and like, you yeah. know, about you guys. You know, I, I'm taking too much of your time already, but you know, no, like you like, I This is it. Fantastic. Well, oh, good, good. I uh, would, uh, this is exactly the way I want to be spending my afternoon. Oh, good, good, good. Um, um, but, you know, just something, you know, something that you
1: yeah. learned about being in a relationship yeah. for a long time. You um, know? Well, bad news, Ben. It's not about, it's not about you. Um, <laughs> he's wh- not listening what, to this. He, he, you guys have I been long enough that he's, he's, you, you both it. have that healthy disinterest in oh, each other. That, that's know, exactly right. He is yeah, yeah. so tired of the sound of my voice. Um <laughs> But what I have, what I've learned over time is, um, that I, I can only succeed as myself. You know, I, I spent so much of like the first two, three decades of my life feeling like I needed to, to be someone else and, and making choices that would make me more that other person. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Whether it was, you know, my older brothers or or my dad or, you know, guys I looked up to or had crushes on or whatever. Yeah. Um, I spent a lot of time trying to, like, be what I perceived that thing to be. And I would only ever do mediocre work. You know, I could mm-hmm. only ever be like a pale imitation. And yeah, yeah. And the only successes in my life have come from doing the thing that only I would do, you know, um, that is what, like, that's when my heart is in it. And that's when my energy is in it. And that's when that, that is the thing that doesn't exist in the world. And it may not always be great. Like it may not always be a success, but I can only ever hope to be a success when I am operating from that, like place of like integrity, you know? Yeah. Um, and I
0: completely relate to that. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, because, yeah. Well, go ahead. Go ahead. You go ahead. Well, no, I was
1: going to say, so like, so now when I do go home and when I do face, um, you know, things that, that hit my ear in a way that's like infuriating, it's, I I can disconnect from that a little bit more easily. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? I can be like, well, that is, you are stuck in a, th- like you're, you're, yeah. you're, that is you're putting on a persona when mm-hmm. you, when because there's no defensible reason to be angry at wearing a mask. There's not. right. So, right. right so right. like if you're, if you're mad at it, that, that you're playing a character and that character is mad at it. Right. And, and I have been caught up in that like mode of, of thinking and being, and I'm not anymore. So yeah. I should continue to trust myself and move confidently in my own direction. You know? Yeah. Yeah, It it takes the emotional sting out a little bit.
0: I uh, relate to that so much. And I think it's because you, uh, when someone wants you to be, you know, a job or whatever wants you to, or, you know, or a person that you're trying to woo um, wants you to be something that you're not, it doesn't work because you can't do that. You can't be something you're, I mean, some people can, but it's sort of like a symptom of a sociopathy actually, Um, so, you know, I, I, a friend of mine that we wrote a script together years and years and years ago, and, and we got all kinds of notes that were kind of like, you know, this isn't, this isn't like the things that are selling. I mean, basically was sort of the subtext Mm -hmm. of what we were told. And, but I'm, because that I've been through that process of, before you sign a deal with somebody. Oh, we love you. We want you. We like your uniqueness. We want your Mm. particular voice. And you go, okay, I'll sign here. I sign. And they're like, okay, now, could you be more like what's working? Could Mm -hmm. you be more like what is already flooding the airwaves? You know, that process. And it just gets winnowed down till the, when you're by the end of like finishing the pilot script, it's just like, oh, well, why didn't you just fucking tell me you wanted a version of what's number one right now. Yeah. But this friend of mine w- said to me, like, "Well, how, what exactly? Like, what do we do next? Like, do we write? Do we try and write whatever it was, friends, or do we try and write Frazier?" And I was like, "I don't know how to do that. So it would be bad." And everybody right. out there that I've ever encountered that is trying to write, "Oh well, Frazier's doing well. I'll write a Frazier." It's bad. And is that what you want to spend your time, your precious only time on
1: earth doing, you know, it's, it'll be bad. It would be bad. And the shit that breaks out, you know, the stuff that does really well. Is never a pale imitation of of the popular thing from never, just before. Never. It's always you're always rolling the dice on somebody's perspective that you never heard before, or some idea that sounds ridiculous or whatever. Those yeah. are the only things that ever really have like significance. Yeah. Right. Um, there. I mean, there are things that are hits that are you know there are a million sitcoms and procedurals that like are profitable that are all the same, but the stuff that like really breaks out and changes the world changes it because it's different. Yes. It is a different perspective. And yet somehow when you get into the, the, the muck of like making something, it does. Yeah, you're right. The, the current does push you toward the shit that's already been done.
0: Matt Weiner was a writer on Andy Richard controls the universe Mm -hmm. and gave me a pilot script for this show about, Um, advertising in the, in the fifties and sixties, you know, like advertising for cigarettes was kind of what the point of it was like the people that, and I don't think it was called mad men, but that's what it was. Yeah. And he gave it to me as like, this is this thing that'll never get made because everywhere I take it, people say period stuff doesn't work. Period Mm. shows don't work. We can't have period shows on TV Somebody takes a risk on it, puts it on TV, and all of a sudden the next year there's a, you know, a 50s airline show, a show uh-huh. about, you know, like cops in the 60s. All, you know, it's just every time somebody's ever told me a rule, uh, you know, anthology shows won't work. Here mm-hmm. comes Black Mirror, you know, like right. they're just, I don't, I can't imagine being one of those people and saying this will not work. Uh, You know, like that thing, yeah, like something, like something starring a fireman wouldn't work, and you know, because then there's going to be a fucking fireman show, you know, or whatever.
1: Yeah, I don't. I I mean, it is. We all know that nobody knows anything, so I don't understand how we keep doing business. That I don't know business. I don't know, and like that, there are these offices full of people everywhere whose job is to have shitty opinions, Mm -hmm. like awful, awful opinions, awful awful wrong opinions right right uh, and and yet and that's that, a, jo- a job yep
0: and you and get a parking ref- space for that shit <laughs> that, that reflect the opinion of the person just mo- next most powerful to them yes you know like yes i and going and pitching things into rooms with the eight or nine people and all those people need to have opinions what about one or two I've always, I've always felt that you could go. I've said this before. Any network building, you could go and you could fire every third person, and it would run exactly smoothly, if not better. Just randomly go down the hallway. Like one, two, three, go home. One, two, three, go home. (laughs) And it would nothing would change. Nothing. It would would not. It wouldn't be impactful in the slightest. Other than you know, people losing their jobs but you know
1: they they would find another job they
0: go get a job somewhere else yeah Yeah. it's
1: it's wild that 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 somehow that world has has not weathered cuts everything else has oh yeah yeah everything else has been automated or you know cut to maximize profit or whatever and yet there's still it's like how am i still meeting new development people Mm. how (laughs) how
0: yeah yeah and they get younger and
1: you get older. Younger and mm. younger and younger. <laughs> and, yeah, Ugh. you know, and yeah. you know, it was we- it was weird. Fifteen years ago, when I would you know go for a meeting with a, an, a development executive who was twenty six, and and they'd be like, "Oh, I grew up watching you," and I'd be like, "That's wild because now yeah. you have grown up, and now I yep. like I yep. need, I'm going to need you to I'm pitching to you, and I hope your <laughs> assistant would validate my parking." But you know what's worse is when. Now they're 26 and they didn't grow up watching you. You know what I mean? Like, now it's like their whole upbringing was like after I was finished doing TV. That's
2: like, oh, now Uh I'm nostalgic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Feeling kind of
1: old.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Just the goddamn, this goddamn time thing. Yeah. (laughs) This this time, It, it just keeps going. Not a fan.
1: Not a fan. Let's get rid of it.
0: Oh. <laughs> well, it's thank you so much for coming.
1: Oh, my God. And uh, on
0: the show. Thank yeah. Randy. I do need to, for the sh- eagle eared listeners, I do realize I misnamed uh, one of my own questions. I called the What Have You Learned the Second Question when it's really the third. I just oh. am saying this so I don't get just inundated. I didn't catch with, that at all. With t- I did. I just, oh, it, I did after I said, it, I think, like, well, no, wait. That's Andy, the third Andy, question.
1: Go easy on yourself, man. No I can't listen it to
0: the whole three the questions be things is a gimmick. Forgiving. It's not really real. It's just you know. It's just you got to have a podcast be about something, right? Absolutely. You need yeah. you need a hook. Gotta and speaking have of Gilly which, w- you have podcast or is it more I than do. one?
1: Yeah. Well, I have a bunch. Yeah, um, yeah. Well, I've, spit uh, them out, man. Okay, homophilia with uh, with our friend Matt McConkie, where we talk mm-hmm. to uh, to awesome uh, queer people about their their lives and journeys. Mm-hmm. Um, I do sort of a panel show podcast called Troubled Waters for the Maximum Fun Network, and starting in mid October for Exactly Right, I am doing a ten episode investigative podcast called uh, about a boy band from the early '90s who went missing. What, uh, yeah, wow, it's DNA. the entire remember, boy band. Do you remember the uh, the video for Motown Philly from Boys to Men? Uh huh. Uh, was so it was Michael Bivens of Belle Biv DeVoe introducing all the bands in his or all the groups in the East Coast family, which was just like yeah. his uh, like coterie of artists. And it was you know, Boys to Men, Belle Biv DeVoe, another bad creation, and then in the middle of it, there's um there's this boy band called sudden impact and their name is literally in lights above them. And they look at the camera and they point at the camera. And then that's all they ever did. And I've always been like, it's been 30 years now and I have been fascinated by what happened Yeah, because it was a huge debut. And then literally nothing happened. Well, nothing that we saw happened, but I was, I was always certain there was a story there. So I have investigated it. I was right And, uh, and it's, it's 10, 10 episodes of 1990s, uh, recording industry, boy band. Oh, that's fantastic. That's really fun. I'm very excited about
0: it. That, uh, that TV show where they made that, uh, O-Town. Yes. Remember that? Making the band. Making the band. Yeah. And just all of the things that happened. like, uh, my ex-wife and I loved that show, watched every single second of it. And just because it was. Bananas, Just it was so bananas. bananas. And then in I, retrospect, it's like bad bananas.
1: Like bad bananas. Like, oh, really? Bad, bad. Na- Yeah, yeah. Banana of oh, banana, those boy. bananas. Yeah, yeah. Um, I was a judge on some early episodes of making the band when oh, they were wow. doing like the early auditions. Yeah, yeah. And uh it was like me and Lou Pearlman and somebody else, and uh and like the people who came I mean, it's really true, or it was back in those days. People I guess know better now. But in like the people who came in to audition, it was like, who, why, who told you that you, yeah, yeah, you know, and you want to be encouraging to everyone, but there were people who was just like, you cannot sing yeah, yeah. or dance. And I don't know what you're doing. And, and there's no, like, there was no William Hung. There, there wasn't right. like a, oh, this'll be my backdoor into fame or whatever. It was right, like, right. it was really wild. And then of course, some very good people. And then they, you know, they created O-Town
0: and the rest <laughs> was did. history and the rest was was yeah weird weird history weird
1: uh, history yeah very strange history
0: well thank you so much and uh, i look forward Andy. to that that uh that uh, 10 parter that'll be good that's it's that's really interesting stuff yeah
1: waiting for impact coming uh, october 10th all nope, right october
0: 12th october
1: 12th oh no jesus Sorry, i'm
0: i'm busy that day
1: Okay. Um, <laughs> right. Well, it's a podcast. It will exist for you whenever you choose to listen to it. <laughs> Thank you.
0: It's great to see you. Great to great hear you. you. Uh, we should, uh, I, I'd love to see you in real, in real uh, RIL, as they say. Yeah. Let's um, let's do that. Yeah. Let's yeah. Let's do that. Uh, come, um, come by the pool. I will. I, you, hot un- time unannounced. Here. Unannounced. I'll be there. We love it. <laughs> we love it. Right over the back fence. Perfect. All Perfect. right. Dave Bring Holmes. A dog. <laughs> I will. Dave right. Holmes, thank you so much. Thank and you. And thank all of you uh, for listening. And we will be back next week with three more questions.
1: I've got a big, big love for
0: you.
3: The Three Questions with Andy Richter is a Team Coco and Your Wolf production. It is produced by Lane Gerbig, engineered by Marina Pice, and talent produced by Galitza Hayek. The associate producers, Jen Samples, supervising producer, Aaron Blayert, and executive producers, Adam Sachs and Jeff Ross at Team Coco, and Colin Anderson and Cody Fisher at Earwolf. Make sure to rate and review the three questions with Andy Richter on Apple Podcasts.
2: Can't you tell my loves are growing?
1: This has been a Team Coco production in association with Earwolf.